Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Campfire Adventures Podcast. I'm super excited for today's episode because it's officially two months that we've been doing the podcast, so we're on episode eight. And not only that, I have my friends Devin and Jamie here, and not only do I have new live audience members here, we have a new fire. So this is our first adventure to something new and I hope you're as excited about this as I am because I am above and beyond the moon right now. So, beautiful fire. We still had Christmas tree to burn, so don't worry about that. But we have a great story for you today. We all have our drinks ready. We're ready to relax. The fire's going. So let's get into it. today's story i'd like to introduce this legend because yes we're going to cover another legend for this topic as you know something simple would we call it a childhood game a global legend a true story how about a drink that could be an adult beverage right cheers cheers to that and the legend that we're going to speak of today is none other than the most popular bloody mary so yes, in fact, all these descriptions of Bloody Mary are true. She is a legend, a childhood spooky game, not, maybe not just some regular game, a global legend because the story of Bloody Mary spans to different countries, Europe, Asia, America, we all have some type of story about Bloody Mary. So I'd like to touch on each one of these topics, but if I don't, I have a great story That'll let you know my experience with Bloody Mary, where she came from, is she real or not, and how she works out in everyday culture. Here's what I remember. As a kid, you know, all the kids wanted to scare each other, right? And so if somebody had a story about something and it'd go passed around from one to the next and one to the next and one to the next, you didn't have to be cool, you didn't have to be a nerd, whatever, we're all the same. The story got passed around nonetheless. So I heard of the story and basically how it goes is that there is a spirit in the mirror. And if you go to the mirror, you can conjure her by just saying her name three times. So you might be wondering, is this a good idea? And I'd like to first start by saying, just because I'm saying this in a podcast, or maybe even if you're reading about this from somebody else and then you hear this after, you don't have to try it because I tried it <laughs> and I'd rather have you be safe than do something that could potentially bring some harm to anybody. So be safe and just listen to the story and keep it as a story because that's what it is. So I was, I'm just going to call myself little Dylan at the time. And I've heard of the story to summon the spirit through the mirror. And I thought, well, I don't believe that. But then I also thought, well, what if it's true? You know, and that's kind of the lure of this whole tale. I decided that I wanted to see if it was real. And so I went into the bathroom. And basically, how it goes is you go into the restroom. There's a lot of different variations. But for my story, is you go into the restroom, you light a candle, turn off all the lights, 
face the mirror, close your eyes, and you say the name Bloody Mary three times. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Okay, stop. <laughs> I'm not in the front of the mirror. We're at the campfire. But I also don't want any spirit latching onto me or anything like that. So you would say it one more time, which I did. Now, I can't remember if I actually mumbled it and was like, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. Or even if I said them out loud. For the purpose of the story, I said it out loud just so I'm a little bit cooler. But I opened my eyes and you'll never guess what I saw. I saw my reflection, which wasn't that bad to look at, if I do say so myself. <laughs> yeah, but what this story reminded me of is there used to be a social media platform called MySpace. Now, I don't know if everybody knows or remembers what MySpace is, but I still love MySpace. Do you remember you used to put your favorite jam on there and everything, and you'd look at what all your friends were doing and having a good time? Well, there was a video if you remember and it was like a car commercial and you're watching this super nice european car driving through the countryside and you're like so freaking beautiful what kind of car is that and then kablamo there's a freaking surprise i'm gonna try to put the video on the website so you could check out the website but that's what it reminded me of that's what i thought was gonna happen and so when i opened my eyes after saying the name bloody mary three times i saw nothing i was really confused I didn't even tell anybody I did it, but what I did do was I Googled, is Bloody Mary real? Mind you, I really wish that I would have looked at the story before I did that because I'd have some type of background as to whether it was safe or not, right? And what I found is pretty astonishing. And I wouldn't necessarily call myself a detective or anything like that, maybe more of an amateur sleuth. So, little Dylan, amateur sleuth, turns into big Dylan, big amateur sleuth. And I'm here today to tell you what I found from that article back as a child and revisited that same story today. So, if we're going to talk about Bloody Mary, or Mary, we can just call her for right now. Was yeah, she has to have respect. She's the legend. Who, who we're going to knock her down, right? I mean, Mrs. Mary. <laughs> and um, I think it's important to know, because she is a spirit that lives in the mirror, we should know, first off, how long mirrors have been around. And so I did some research. And if we're thinking of the first mirror, like the kind that we use today, that was invented back in the 1830s by a German scientist by the name, and forgive me if I say this wrong, because I never want to say anyone's name wrong, but it goes Justus von Liebig. And he was the first person to figure out the chemical components to be able to make a reflective mirror, like out of elements. So if we think of that as the beginning, Bloody Mary has been around since the 1800s. But reflections and mirrors were also something that was made even further before that, those type of reflections have been around like since the past 5,000 years. They used to polish up obsidian and then put it uh, together with tools to be able to see reflection. I mean, it didn't have a lot of light and I guess it wasn't as clear, but still reflection. So the story of Bloody Mary for the purpose or for the argument of this episode could be as old as 5,000 years. But when was the story of Bloody Mary first believed to be? Well, according to some references, there have been different reports of 
summoning a spirit through the mirror since the 1700s. But the first actual written record of a story, a folklore of Bloody Mary, was written in the 1970s. So now that we know the history of mirrors, and we've given ourselves a time frame of when Bloody Mary could possibly be there, and now we know when she actually was first written about, is there a true story of Bloody Mary? Is there one story of Bloody Mary? Should we believe it? I mean, I already tried to prove it myself as an amateur sleuth being little Dylan and I came up with nothing except for how devilishly handsome I look in the mirror devilishly. is it devilishly <laughs> wait Devin um, but what's true and what's not true so there are many accounts of a woman named Mary she had multiple last names like there was one like Mary Wales Mary this and that. There was Queen Mary. She was supposedly bloody. Wait. <laughs> Wait. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> no? Should I edit that out or no? It was freaking hilarious. <laughs> I was like, that's inappropriate. This Bloody Mary is actually freaking amazing. Anyway, which story is true? What should we believe? Do we believe Queen Mary? Do we believe Mary Wales? Do we believe this and that and the other? Well, for this story, I found the same story that I read when I was younger. And I'd like to tell you that as the true story of who Bloody Mary was and how she came to get her name. In the 1800s, there was once a young girl named Mary... I'm not exactly sure where she lived, but that shouldn't really take away from the story of how Mary got her name. She lived in a town with a good amount of people. I'm assuming a little bit more on the urban side of things. So there was tons of people in the town, but they had enough land to be far enough away from each other. But during this time, when Mary was young, a virus spread over the town and people started to get sick out of nowhere. And there was no... Okay, this sounds very familiar to a lot of our situations right now. <laughs> Please stay safe during coronavirus. <laughs> but there was no known cure for this virus that spread over the town. And people started to succumb to the virus, and they passed away. Little Mary, unfortunately, picked up this virus. And her family didn't really know exactly what to do. So, of course, what they do? They called the doctor. They had the doctor come examine their daughter. He looked at her. He checked her pulse. It was fading super low. It seemed as though as fast as Mary had gotten this virus, she started to succumb to the symptoms of what the virus brought. And unfortunately, the people, like I said, who previously had the virus had passed away. So the parents had to decide what they were going to do as their daughter's health started to rapidly decline and they decided and remember this is the 1800s so they decided that what they would do is just have her body fitted for a coffin and in order to just be prepared for the worst they moved her from her bed to the coffin they set it up so it was a nice like laying i don't even know how to make this sound as nice as it sh as it could be but they made it like a a laying area so her bed and had her just lay in the coffin because remember her health was declining so quickly 
that they were just already expecting her to pass away within hours or days, you know? So during the time that the coffin was made and during the time that her body was just fading super fast, they had people come over and say their last kind of hopes for her and prayers and just to be close to the family. And I think during this time, she probably was most likely just laying there. But people paid their last respects and the parents just sat there and waited to just hopefully somehow a miracle would come, take place and Mary would get better. But she never did. And the parents didn't want to leave the house. They stayed there the whole time because they thought, like, let me stay here with my child and just be here for her because maybe she'll get better. Well, she didn't. And so what they decided to do was they had the coffin made. So they went outside and dug a grave for her just to be ready for... Are we sure they didn't kill her? They, well, no, because it, it was the virus. Just so a lot of people... Well, they didn't close it. She's, like, sitting in there. It's an open coffin. Well, I hope you can get a diagnosis one day, and then I'm going to be like, Dylan, it's okay. We're going to get you in your coffin. We'll let people come over and say goodbye. Well, let me tell you how things are going to happen here for Mary. So they dig the hole for the coffin, perfect size. They get everything ready for her, but yet they still have hope because you never know what could happen, right? Life's crazy. And so the parents, like I said, never wanted to leave their daughter's side. But the family friends were getting nervous because they felt like the parents weren't taking care of themselves. So what they did was family friends stopped by the house and they invited the parents, Mary's parents, to go out to dinner and for a night on the town. They were like, you know what? You need to get your headspace clear. Let's get away from this situation. And, you know, it'll be good for you to go outside. And the parents reluctantly agreed and decided, okay, what would be the harm? You know, she's laying here. Her pulse is basically gone she's just laying here it's just her body we're just hoping for a miracle and so they leave and they go have a night out but remember how i said that everybody wanted to support them their neighbor decided to take that support to a different level he went in the house he grabbed the coffin with the girl young mary brought it outside got the cover for the coffin nailed it closed and placed young Mary's coffin in her grave. Now, just fun fact. I don't know if it's fun, actually. But... That's what kind of person you are. It's horrible. Okay, just the fact. You can't trust your neighbors. Just the fact. Doctors might be wrong. Even still today, you know, doctors could possibly be wrong. But on the off chance that they were wrong and they pronounced you dead, what they would do is... They would make a little hole in the coffin and they'd feed a string through it, tied around the deceased's finger. And then as they covered it up with dirt, they had a stick with a bell on it and they tied the other side of the string to the bell. So on the off chance you woke up while you were buried alive, basically, you'd move your finger, you know, to let people know like ring, 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 like I'm alive. And if you've seen La Llorona, like they have the bells all over that movie, the one that the Conjuring People universe makes. Um, So they have the rings all over at that graveyard. And so I was like, oh, okay, totally makes sense. Back in the day, that's what you do. And if somebody rang the bell, you rush out there and dig them up real quick, right? So he buried the body, set up the bell, everything. He said his final respects and hoped that her spirit would finally find rest and be able to get peace within her afterlife. So the parents come home after their night out on the town, after feeling like, you know what, 
that actually, they probably were feeling like that actually felt good. You know, got to go out again, have a decent meal, la 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 la. And they come home and they noticed that things were different. They felt a weird vibe. So immediately they rushed to where their daughter Mary was and they didn't see the coffin there. They looked outside. They realized that she was buried. They saw the bell flipped over on the floor and they immediately had this adrenaline rush and started digging up their daughter because obviously the bell would be set up straight and here this collapse on the side of the burial place. They rushed over to dig up young Mary's body and at the same time called the doctor to come over. He rushed over right away. They get the coffin out of the ground and they decide that they're going to pry it open because she's she, a miracle happened. She's alive. I'd like to say if you're the faint of heart, it might be a good time to skip maybe like 30 seconds, 40 seconds. What so, <laughs> so they crack open the top of that coffin. What they see on the cover of the coffin were scratch marks all along the roof of the coffin. Blood all over the coffin. Young Mary had woke up, rang the bell, but when no one's around, you don't hear those kind of sounds. So young Mary rang the bell in vain and decided that she was gonna scratch her way out, but she didn't make it. Her arms were stuck in a scratching positions, fingernails almost gone completely, blood all over her body, her dress, her face. And it said that the look of terror and screaming was locked in her face. So the doctor was there. He checked her pulse once again, no pulse. And something else that they did back in the 1800s, just to double check, was they used to get a mirror and they put it under your nose to see if there was any type of breathing going on. Now, when the doctor first checked her, there was no breath. He checked again. There was a breath, one breath, just to see if she was alive. And then that second, the story so goes that her spirit left her body and transferred into the mirror. And if you say her name three times, this is where this legend comes from, from the story. She will appear in the mirror. And if you turn around to see her, she's still in that same position, scratching. And usually she'll scratch her victims from head to toe. Because she's stuck in the last moments of her life. Still in the afterlife. And that is a story that I read as an amateur sleuth being little Dylan. And now once again, I'm able to tell you... As big amateur sleuth, big Dylan. <laughs> yeah, little Dylan, big Dylan, and and that's a story. And I'm just so thankful that I didn't see that. Could you imagine if I had some type of feeling or vibe that could do that to bring a spirit through the mirror for that? That's why I'm telling you, please don't try it because I don't want anyone to get hurt if it really does happen. But that's why this legend's so powerful because the story. We've given it a vast range of being a reality, right? At least from the 1700s until now. And don't think that I didn't forget that I said that. Back in the 1700s, mirrors were first created. There's a story behind that too, and how spirits are related to mirrors. And so that's how I wanna conclude this story is actually telling you that last little anecdote. So back in the 1700s, 
not sleeping tonight. Thank Jamie's you. about to bolt. I don't know if you see. Are you serious? <clears throat> oh, no, it depends what you're going to say right now. Okay, let's just listen. <clears throat> just listen. I don't know if I want to. So back in the 1700s, there was a poem made, and it referenced something about mirrors and their connection to spirits. This became a more popular story to tell in Europe back later on, past the 1700s, now we're in the 1800s, and Halloween was a big deal. They wanted to as peace spirits at that time. You know, in America, we now take trick-or-treat. It's all about, you know, dressing up and giving out candy. But back in the day, it used to be about pleasing the spirits and making sure the worlds were connected, but also taken care of. During Halloween, like we do during Christmas, people used to give Halloween cards. And one of the depictions that they put on Halloween cards is of a young woman looking in a mirror. She'd have a pumpkin, she'd have food or something, and then you'd see a handsome young man in the mirror, right? So beautiful young woman, handsome young man. And the story behind that goes is that women in the 1800s, around Halloween time, it has to be a specific time of the year. During Halloween time is perfect because it's supposed to be the divide between the spirit world and the physical world is at its weakest. Not necessarily being like it's weak, it just means that connections between each one is easier to get through. And one of the ways to connect to the spirit world is through a mirror. It's almost like a little portal. So some people believe that as a young woman, what you could do is have a snack or something and then say a chant to bring up a spirit. And if you say this chant in the mirror, you'll be able to see your future husband. And so a lot of women would do this, and so that's why it was depicted in poems and in cards. It's not necessarily Bloody Mary, but it goes along with the idea that there are spirits linked to mirrors, right? A lot of young women used to do this in Europe. I'm not sure if it was as popular in America, but for some reason, if you didn't see your future husband, and maybe you saw the Grim Reaper, that was an indication that as a young woman, you wouldn't get married, and you'd never be wed right so the equivalent of dying i didn't say that no but some people did say if you stared as you know during that same ritual if you stared long enough you could actually see the devil's face and then after halloween the divide between the two worlds would get stronger again you wouldn't be able to do that until the next harvest moon kind of thing so the story that i had for you today was a bloody mary it was how I interpreted the story and how my interactions with her, even though I didn't have one, I, I never said that I had one. I just did the stupid seance spiritual thing. And then what the true story that I found as a little kid and then refound, which is actually really cool that I was able to refine it. I found so many different stories, but I was specifically looking for the one that I found when I was younger. And then even just to figure out the power between certain times of the year and then being connected to the spiritual world but also how much power this story of mere spiritual connectionness is like it's been around since mirrors have been around it's just really interesting to see how history ties along with stories that we tell from generation to generation and how we create legends out of just different tales that we pass down from each other whether the bloody mary is true whether she's just a drink or some spooky kids game, we continue to give her power by telling the tales over and over again. I don't want anybody to go to the mirror to try this. Please don't, because I don't want you sending me a message of anything crazy happening. But I will say 
that if you ever go around a campfire and you want to tell a creepy story, you could play this podcast or even tell it yourself. But history and stories kind of coincide a lot with one another. And it's super cool that we got to share it with you today. How did you guys feel about the story today? Jamie isn't sleeping tonight. I'm not going in front of a mirror for a couple of days. <laughs> That's another thing they used to do. Yeah, during, um, you know, when somebody passes, you cover you oh, cover yeah, the mirrors with blankets and stuff like that. <laughs> a lot of people still do that. Yeah, so... It's just kind of interesting what we know, but we don't actually even think of. But yeah, so it's all part of the storytelling business. And uh, once again, I hope you enjoyed it. We're talking about a local legend, a global legend, sorry, Miss Bloody Mary. I don't want to. Well, I guess that's global. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't want to disrespect her like that. Um, Also, I hope that we're cool. She's probably like, yeah, wait, I meant to come see you. But anyway... As always, I hope you enjoyed today's story. It was really cool. Like I said, we're telling it in front of a different fire. We have uh, new guests tonight, and so they were very active, and I really enjoyed that. And I hope you all enjoyed the story. You guys, once again, have continuously killed it. Still international. We're growing, so that's awesome. And I just have fun being able to talk to you all, so I hope you enjoy what we're doing here. And... Make sure to subscribe when you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you're getting them from. The you can the, uh, through the mirror. Um, and then if you check out the website, I have tons of pictures. This episode's gonna have a good amount of pictures as well. Tons of behind the scenes. We actually had an adult beverage today, so I can only hope you can guess what that would have been. You'll see it in the behind the scenes for sure. But that website is www.campfireadventurespodcast.com. And then also check out our Facebook and Instagram accounts. And once again, I know you're super familiar with the ending of this, so I try to change it up just a little bit. But every noise that you did hear is because we're outside filming right next to an actual campfire. So once again, I appreciate you. Have a great day, great night, whenever you're listening. And I look forward to telling you more stories. Bye.